is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talkin' Buds podcast. It is the Talkin' Buds podcast. It's the Talkin' Buds podcast, folks. Talkin' Buds podcast. Season two, Talkin' Buds podcast. Let's go. Someone has got to be a big boy and step up. Oh, he's a legend. Absolute legend. What is it going to take for this team to win a round in the playoffs? Who's a bum and who is a beauty? Austin Matthews, it's time to be an elite hockey player night in, night out. This, 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 this is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 42 of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Ryan, it's been a long time since we can jump on here with a positive take out of the gate. The Maple Leafs are 2-0 in the Sheldon Keefe era. Yes, positivity. It's been hard to come by this season. But 2-0 under Sheldon Keefe, played well the first game, fought got, hard in the second yeah, yeah, game. got through the second game. But you know what? They got the W, man. Like, might not have been pretty at times, but there's been a lot of times this year where they would have blown that. Like, nothing. Like, nothing. So, so the fact that they gutted that out, dub's a dub at this point. So, Ryan, I'm sitting here today, and I'm going, There's we usually do two blocks on the show. And I'm going, okay, one block, I want to talk about the new look Maple Leafs under Sheldon Keefe. And the other block, I want to talk about Mike Babcock. So, I just, we got to start with Babcock, man. It's just, this this story is just too juicy, too interesting two multifaceted oh man it is has layers to this thing so you have said forever on this show that if you were a player you would not be able to tolerate mike babcock i want you to just before we get into the specifics tell me why that was always your take and your opinion it's almost hard to like explain it. It's just like a feeling like it's just, you watch the way he conducts himself in the media. You watch the way he conducts himself on the bench. You watch the way he like the way he treats players, the way he uh, puts together his lineup, his decision-making. And I think if anything, it's just like, you can tell he's so into himself. Like he loves the, the good pro and unbelievable. We make jokes of it, but he, he takes himself very seriously. And it seems like he has a massive ego. 
And you can tell he's not a guy who you could just go in his office and kind of shoot the breeze with him about the newest Avengers movie, you know, like something like that's a bad example, but something like that. So I feel like after a while, you have to deal with a guy like that day in, day out and seeing the way he treats players, making their his mind up about them previously to even seeing them play a game in a Maple Leaf uniform. It's just little signs here and there that just ticked me off to be like, I'm someone who's more from like the Austin Matthews generation. And I understand that our generation and the younger that guys get in this league, they're not going to, it's, it's going to be tough to handle a guy who's that into himself and a guy who's that hard on his players. So that's just the feeling I always had about Mike. The reason why I just asked you to um, reiterate your take like that is because that is exactly what we're learning about Mike Babcock and how these players felt about him. Ryan, this guy's reputation as a coach and as a human being has taken a beating in the last three, four days. And based on what happened last night, the news that came out last night, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, buddy. Yeah. And dude, this is hard. Like, I don't find this enjoyable at all. Like, we could come on here and just be hot take artists and agree with everyone and be and bash them because it's just, I don't know, it's an easy thing to do right now. But I find this situation as a Leaf fan very difficult right now, dealing with all these stories coming out and just like the backlash towards Mike. Because I don't want to hate Mike, man. Like, I, I don't. I don't hate Mike Babcock. But it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you're hearing stories like this and you hear Jeff O'Neill on Overdrive for all the people who probably listen to this podcast, probably take a listen to Overdrive and you listen to the way he's talking about him, like it maybe some some of it is not true or it's been taken a little too far. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And this guy, for all the things that he's done to players, like now they're just like revolting almost. Oh, like yeah. they're all just standing up and and rising up and sharing their stories about what this guy has done in the locker room or what he's done to certain players on the Red Wings, on the Leafs, that that just other players find disgusting. And it's 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 difficult to like I just can't hate on Mike, but you hear these stories and you're like, you know what? I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. I well, kind of had an inkling he did things like this, but it's like you're really going after a guy's character right now. Like, oh, he's like taking a beating. Oh, yeah, they're he's hacking him. Like, like this oh, yeah. isn't just hockey related. I feel like this is. No. this is like Jeff O'Neill tonight. Someone's character. Jeff O'Neill tonight called him a terrible human being. Like eight hundred times. Yeah, Mike Commodore has called him a terrible human being. Mark yeah, Fraser like called crazy. him a terrible human being. Like it's it's gotten past the point of him just being like an outdated coach and an egomaniac to people are starting to say this guy is a bad person. Yeah, like this isn't well, he bag skated us after practice every game and he treated us awful, but at the end of the day he got the best out of us. Like this is like way beyond hockey, I feel like right now. This is attacking like another human being yeah like let's let's like, go in chronolog chronological order so 
the last time we were on was like the day of. So the day they fired Babcock was our last episode. So we, at that point in time, we hadn't seen any like player reaction. We saw Brendan Shanahan's little press conference. He had another one the next day with Kyle Dubas. And then Dubas had another one introducing Sheldon Keefe. But I want to talk about the players. Ryan, in all the years that I've been watching sports, okay, when coaches get fired, most of the time, the reaction of the players is like disappointment and they put it on themselves and they're like, this is not a day to celebrate. We just got a guy fired. We got to pick up our socks. We got to get this ship righted, sort ourselves out, whatever. Ryan, that was not the vibe around this team. These guys were stoked. Before the Arizona game, Sean McKenzie is interviewing Travis Dermott, and he basically says, yeah, I thought they made the right move. Yeah. I thought thought getting a new voice in here was the right thing to do. Yeah, like that's that's what's just adding to this storyline of, Mike Babcock right now is it's clear that all these players are like you said stoked that he's gone it's like sweet now we got a new coach new chance oh, fresh yeah. air fresh locker room and one of the one of the um, things that we always criticized Babs for on this show was just how rigid and stubborn he always was like if he made up his mind about a player or a line or defense pairing that was it and it, it took a lot for him to change his mind and Sheldon Keefe comes in, he moves Hyman to the right side, he moves Mikheyev up to the second line, just subtle changes. Yeah, that that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him a round of applause for that move. But Ryan, he it's insane the difference in Tyson Berry. Yeah, that that has been the instant like that's what you've seen immediately with Sheldon Keefe being hired is Tyson Berry is is free for the two games he's played. Like, let's see what he does with a little more time. But like that is the immediate thing that you've noticed that since there he's was taken clearly over. something Barry. happening. There was clearly something happening with Tyson Barry and Mike Babcock, and, and Babcock and, was doing something that was making Barry uncomfortable, and his game just fell off as a result. Yeah, and Rob, like this. Me personally, like the thing, I don't want to sit here and call Mike Babcock a bad person. Okay. But there is no doubt that he's, he's weird. Like there's something weird about him. Like the fact that he cares so much about guys, fitness levels and the fact that he can just make his mind up about a human being and just like, He's just something about their game he can't stand. And he just has to throw them up in the press box. And it's so blatantly obvious. You can point them out, all the players over the past couple of years that he's singled out and made an example out of. Which, which to me is why, like, he's, he's really weird. Like, coaches make up their mind about players. But, like, it's so blatantly obvious that the players that he can't stand. And the fact that he, like, outed Marner to, like, the team well like, yeah let's the let, tactic let's, itself like yeah okay, let's I'm let's just explain myself, yeah, yeah but it's just it's, yeah yeah let's let's explain what happened first so last night terry koshan of the toronto sun reports that in the 2016-17 season 
Mike Babcock asked a rookie player who was later confirmed to be Mitch Marner to make a list ranking his teammates based on work ethic. So from best to worst in terms of work ethic. We found out today through Jeff O'Neill that he did this with more than Mitch Marner, and he did it in Detroit too where he would ask like training staff and stuff. So Marner makes the list, gives it to Babcock, puts himself at the bottom. My understanding is that he had Nazem Kadri at the bottom, at or near the bottom as well. And Babcock went to Kadri and essentially ratted Marner out. And Kadri, in one of the beauty moves of the century, stood up for Marner and said, why would you ask him to do that and then sell him out like that? And was like, you can't ask a rookie player to do that. And Babcock uh, responded to a text today from Elliot Friedman that said, I was trying to focus on work ethic with Mitch. Focusing on role models ended up not being a good idea. I apologized at the time. Okay, so, so he owned up to it. Yeah, yeah. So he owned up to it. Which I'll give I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. He could have he could have just been like, nah. But instead he he admitted it was a bad idea and he owned up to it. So I have to give him that. So I want to give I want to give my take on Mike Babcock, okay? I think this guy, Ryan, is so competitive and has such a burning desire to like win, but win in like a perfectionist sort of way that he's a bit like, he, like he's a little bit nuts. Like, like it's, it's what you were getting at earlier. It's like, he's, he just r- does things that don't necessarily make sense because he's got such a rigid plan in his head because he's such, because the one thing you've heard, even the guys who have like chirped him, they've said, they've also said he's an incredibly driven and hardworking person. But I think he's so driven to the point that like he, it's it, his, he's tweaked upstairs in his brain because he like he's he's off his nut a little bit is what I'm is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, like dude, he he it's just I don't understand. Like I I understand he's really competitive and and he, things drive him and he wants to win his way because he thinks the Babcock way is the best way. But like it's just I you've met these human beings in your life. You've either worked for them and a job or they've been a coach of yours or they've been a teacher and there's just something kind of off about them. There's something kind of weird about them. And it's just like, why does he care so much about fitness level and is willing to make his hockey team worse during a playoff game just because one guy works harder in the gym than another guy. That is weird. Like yeah, it is weird. That what is that? Which like, gets that, back to the point of like me saying he'll do anything to win. That not necessarily because not icing your best lineup is not. Yeah, and it's, it's not because he thinks he's a better like, like the Jason Spezza getting sat for Nick Shore all year. Okay, like is Jason Spezza the Jason Spezza of before? No, like he's he's. He's a third line, fourth line hockey player. He's not going to give you a great four check, but like continuing to throw out Nick Shore. And it's like, 
okay, maybe he likes Nick Shore better, but the more games you watch, it's like, hey, this is clearly well, he, just a slight no, against Spezza. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a beef with Spezza from I know. the second camp open. That was a huge story in training camp. And one of the things that was reported this week about uh, why part of the reason why the locker room sort of rebelled against him this year is because Spezza came here in the offseason, took the league minimum to come here, and worked with the guys in the offseason. Apparently, he's become quite popular in the room. All the guys love him. And Babs just sewering him night after night after night. The rest of the guys in the room are like, what's this guy's deal? And so that's one of the things that I read this week that caused the team. Because, Ryan, I believe that they, like, just the vibe around the team in terms of body language and like facial expressions and sellies after goals and stuff has completely like 180 changed. And so I, I do believe that there was a part of these guys who just like lost the will and were like, and you can criticize them for that if you want. Like you can easily say like, there's a lot of people whose take is, well, awesome Matthews, you're paid 11.5 million. So I don't really care if you don't like your coach, get out there and play. But you made the analogy earlier about the boss. It's like if you have a boss that just takes it out of you day after day after day after yeah, day. Yeah, I get it, man. Like, I do get yeah. it. Like, yeah. it's not Austin Matthews' fault that people like you and me aren't making $11 million a year. That's not his fault. That's This is his job. Yeah. He's just really good at hockey, and he's in a business where you're allowed to get paid $11 million. He didn't ask to be a great hockey player. Like he did, he doesn't, he's not just like your average Joe. Like it's, he didn't ask to get paid $11 million. He's going to work every day and that's all he knows. And if you're, you're right. If his boss is just like making his day to day life, just miserable for him. Like it's going to show eventually it's going to wear on you. Eventually, eventually you're going to go screw this. Like, why do I want to go out and play for this guy? If he's treating me like this, so, Mike Babcock is from a bygone era. These are things that I feel like went on a lot in the Mike Keenan, Scotty Bowman, Daryl Sutter days of coaching. And Mike's biggest flaw, in my opinion was not like trying to force kids in their early 20s to behave and think and perform like John Tavares and older, more veteran guys. And one thing that we're learning about millennial athletes is... And we're going to talk about Sheldon Keefe later, but based on everything I heard him say today after the practice he had, this guy gets it. You cannot, if you're going to take the hard-ass approach, that is only going to work for so long, and you have to be winning games. And I think he just, he never, and because his ego is so massive, and because he just unquestionably believes in the Mike Babcock way, he was not able to look at himself and say, I got to adjust the way I'm dealing with these guys or this isn't going to end well for me. And 
we all believe that Babs is going to get another coaching job in the league. I hope for his sake that he takes the rest of this season off, has some time to go hunting and fishing in Saskatchewan, listen to some country music, and reflect and realize that the game is just going to keep getting younger and you can't be a hard ass like you've always been or it's not going to work for you. Yeah, and he's he's really hard on the rookies too. Like he he's shown here that he is not the best coach for rookie guys unless you're Zach Hyman. But no, but that's the point that you were just making. So he saw Hyman benching in the weight room and just that day was like this is my son. Yeah, like Hyman. Hyman goes into the corners as hard as possible. And it's like, yeah, you want every player to do that, but not every player in this league forechecks like Zach Hyman. But you don't have to go so far out of your way to make such a point in all your media appearances to be like, well, Hyman was phenomenal tonight. Just not mention anyone else. And it's like, ah, you know, Hyman worked hard, but he really, like, wasn't a huge difference maker tonight. But you go out of your way just to compliment him anyways. Yeah, and that gets around the room, and I'm sure behind his back, Hyman got uh, some chirps yeah. from the boys oh, about for how sure. much the coach loves him. But to to put I'm, to put dumping on Mike aside, we've also like I don't want to be flip floppy here either. Like all year, we've also questioned some of the character of these players. Like I'm not gonna let this story about Mitch Marner kind of let these guys off the hook about like if they have the heart to really do this thing, to actually make a run to the Stanley cup, to actually win a playoff series. So now that Mike's gone, like we're really going to see what these guys are made of because by all accounts, everything we hear about Sheldon Keefe, it's he's going to find the best opportunities for these guys to succeed in. He's going to play Matthews more. He's going to play Tavares more. He's going to find more ideal situations for their playing style and try to put them in the best situation. So if that's the case, let's see, let's see. It's up to them now. It's up to them now because I'm still as even though Mike wasn't a great guy, I wouldn't have liked playing for him either, but these guys still have a lot to prove to me and I'm not going to let this story about Mike change my mind about the way they've played this season and the way they've played in past seasons at some points. So it's, it, this is, Put up or shut up for these guys. Let's see what they can do because it can't be two coaches' faults. Like, it's, it's up to you guys now. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, give us a follow on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, it is time for the positive block of the Talking Buds podcast. The Maple Leafs are 2-0 under Sheldon Keefe. 
I want your observations on what you've seen through two games, like your biggest takeaways through two games in the Keefe era. Well, Tyson Berry, number one. Like, that's the obvious one. Like, when a guy goes literally zero to a hundred right away, it's like, okay, like this guy was, he's going to, he loves this idea of Babcock not being around, keeps putting him in better positions, putting him on the power play, putting him in better spots to succeed and do what Tyson Berry does, which is what we've been talking about. He's an offensive defenseman. So that's, that's the thing you've seen right away. And probably the other thing is just, I'm seeing some of the guys just starting to play a little more loose. Like, I don't think they're playing a hell of a lot better. I don't really see a huge system change that's like getting like blowing my mind. Yeah, they're collapsing five towards the net. Yeah. They're kind of moving around differently in the D zone, but it's been two games realistically. I'm not gonna just make my mind up of how great Sheldon Keefe is after two games, but I just oh, feel I like am. when you watch them That's where you and I differ, buddy. I am. I'm going to get Keefe tattooed on me. No. I've bought in. No. Oh, I've bought in. I'm not bought in yet, man. Oh, I, I've bought in. I'm bought in on the fact that Sheldon Keefe is probably a good hockey coach, and he seems like a new age guy who's going to have new ideas and and have a good relationship with Dubas that he could kind of like be like, like you said last week, he has kind of Dubas's ear. He could help things move along, but I'm not fully sold on this group of guys together. Oh yeah, no, you're more about the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, sorry, you're more about the players. Excuse me, playoffs. Yeah, like I'm more on the players. Like Sheldon Keith, we'll see. Like I don't think he's going to be a bad coach, but he's not Scotty Bowman. So, but I just want to see what this group of guys can do. Can they even make the playoffs? Like, dude, they're, they're they got a hill to climb. Like. Ryan, it is November 25th, 2019. The Maple Leafs currently sit at 11, 10, and 4. I am here to tell you that the Maple Leafs will make the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Okay, you seeing a, you seeing a divisional a divisional uh, spot or they may have to sneak in, in a wild spot. card spot at this point they've put themselves in a position that it's more likely that they'll be a wild card team but i am here to tell you and all of our talking buds listeners the maple leafs will right the ship i'm not saying they're going to win a cup i'm not saying they're even going to win a round but the maple leafs will make the playoffs this season well, if they're one of the wild card teams, you know what that means. They're going back to Washington or they're going back to Boston. <laughs> so take your pick. Oh, whatever Lord. one, whatever one you want to go to, they I'd better get one the, of those divisional spots, man. Uh, they better hope the Habs fall down or the Panthers slow down. You do not want to be in one of those wild card spots. And, and dude, they they gotta they gotta like play like a top team in this league to to get a good spot in this in this year's playoffs. Like I'm not totally sold yet that they they could miss the playoffs. Like I'm I'm actually kind of in that boat. Like I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket right now, but like I'm I don't I'm not 100% sure they're going to make the playoffs. Like they got a hill to climb. 
Like, let's, I, see, uh, let's see what they can do here. Can I tell you my Sheldon Keefe observations? Yeah. Um, just as I touched on earlier, first and foremost, is the, the vibe around the team and the look of the players is just vastly different. Um, a lot more freedom to uh, freewheel and... They're not dumping the puck in as much anymore. They're, it's all Willie Nylander zone entries. But my favorite move that Sheldon Keefe has done. Saturday night, guy calls a timeout to let his first power play unit get a breather so they can go back out and play the full two minutes. Yeah, that that's a sl- that's a slam dunk thing that he could do. All the things that Mike did to drive us nuts. If Sheldon does the opposite of that, it's like a slam dunk Ryan, at this point. Ryan, it's a Mike slam dunk decision. Babs used to sit there with a stopwatch, just dying to get the second unit out there. Yeah, he was yeah, just no like, doubt. just could not wait to get the second unit out there. Which so, again, I don't want to get like we don't want to be a dead horse, which is why like we're. Why everyone's kind of excited for Sheldon Keefe. And yes. Why everyone was kind of sick of Babcock is things like this. Like you yes. can actually do things like this without breaking one of your rules that you, that are made up. Like, like I, I just, I, I saw that the other night and it was just like a euphoric feeling came over me. I was like, this guy is like, I have Austin Matthews and John Tavares and Tyson Berry and Morgan Riley and Willie Nylander on the ice. I'm going to leave him out there for the full power play. I also applaud just putting two D men on your first power play. Like like it doesn't have to be four forwards. Like why not have two D patrol your point? And you know what? One night, if they're not going, he might not do that. He might go with four forwards because just because it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like I two D man patrolling the point is better than one. Like a forward doesn't patrol the point as good as a D man. And you have two D men who've gotten who got over fifty points last year. Morgan rallied seventy points. Tyson Berry's got over fifty points three times in his career. Like you can put two D there. If you're if they're even more skilled. Tyson Berry's better on the power play than Andreas Janssen. Yeah. I don't care if Andreas Janssen could stand in front of the net. Maybe that's not what you need. Well, he's put a he's more skilled use, guy uh, out there. He's going to use Janssen on the PK. Well, good for Janssen. Yeah, I know. I know. Good for Keith. But 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 again, Keith's just like let's give you like you killed penalties for me on the Marlies. Let's let's give you a shot up here. Whereas Bob's was like you can't kill penalties. And their times. penalty kill has has been like the worst I've seen it since like the Ron Wilson era. Like this was this is like Ron Wilson era penalty killing. Their right penalty now. kill is tied for twenty fourth in the league, and that's that's gone up. But yeah. like they've looked better. But like that's that's going to be another thing you're you might see right away if all of a sudden their special teams jumps up to better half of the league, higher than fifteenth. Like that's the difference between a playoff team and a non playoff team. So is, is special teams like today at practice? 
Sheldon Keefe was using multiple um, pads at the like ice pads at the MasterCard Center, and the team was split up into groups, and they were doing specific skill drills, just honing in on the player's skills. And this guy gets it, Ryan. After the game, or practice, excuse me, he's doing his media availability. There's about 700 reporters in the guy's face. He's asked about the different practice today and just focusing on skills and like splitting the guys up and blah, blah, blah. He says, the fact that we've tried to tap into the offensive abilities of the players and pairing with pairing that with the needs we have for them defensively, I think it has created a little more excitement and perhaps a bit more willingness to give a little extra on the defensive side of it because they know they're getting some freedom offensively. It's also just knowing that part of our defensive plan is to be good with the puck and on offense. You say that to these kids, man, and they're just like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, gets it. Gets it. Yeah. Barking at Austin Matthews is not, and this is where so many, I'm sorry, excuse me if if any of you are listening, so many of the older fans get tripped up like barking at these kids to get back and play. It's not going to work. Like, it's just not going to work. Like you got to get into their tap into their, um, desire to score and be like, if you play well defensively, you will score more goals. Ensuring we have the puck heightens your chances of scoring goals and prevents them from scoring goals on us. And it sounds obvious when I'm sitting here saying that, but that's something that these guys like. You you need to you need to stroke the egos a little bit, Ryan. Yeah, well, there's there's the X's and O's of hockey, okay? Like every coach, most coaches can get the X's and O's down. But if you really want to be get the best out of a guy born in 1997, like you just got to treat him with respect. And just be a beauty every once in a while. And when you need to get stiff on him, you you do it. And he'll listen because he respects you if you do the things I just mentioned. Like, just find out the best way to, like, deal with him in the room, in the media, in your discussions between you and him. Every guy ticks differently and reacts to stuff different. And sometimes... You just display to your whole team or to that player that you could just be kind of a beauty sometimes. I can't really think of an example of how Sheldon Keefe could be a beauty to Austin Matthews and hockey related, but you're kind of getting what I'm saying. Yeah. If if you do all those things, when it's time to get stiff and like kind of lay down the line and tell him how it is, it's gonna go way further for you because he he'll respect you. You know, like there's if you keep barking, eventually it's like, hey, I just I don't like you anymore. So I think Sheldon, if Sheldon goes ahead and does that and also adds in his kind of new age way of hockey with Kyle Dubas, like we'll see what happens. Well, it's it's clearly like puck possession based. Like I mentioned earlier, like the thing that I noticed is like if if they're like they're they want to enter the zone with the puck. They don't want to dump it in and go and get it. Like this team is not physical. So you yeah, don't like, want to dude, they're the worst four checking hockey team in the NHL. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there's... And they've been able to have better offensive opportunities in these last couple of games because 
he's sort of said like, listen, we're not dumping it in and going in and getting it. We only have one guy who can do that. That's Hyman. Yeah. So, and, there's, and they're a talented hockey team who has a new spirit to them. And if they just play like better than they were before, like they're going to win some hockey games. They can yeah. beat good teams. Yeah. Like we don't need to talk about Stanley cup. Like that's kind of in the rear view now. Now it's more like, let's see what you guys are made of. And if you play just better than you did before, you're going to win some games. So like implement that with good systems and good special teams. Like you, you could find yourself back in a good spot. You want to do a bum and beauty of the week? Man, I don't even... This has been a crazy week. It's been more, like, management-related than... I know. I was going to say, I feel like we're both going to go there. There's, there's a couple obvious choices. I don't want to... Like, who's a bum, man? Like... Mike Babcock? Should we just... Uh, could we, we Maybe we should just go with the unanimous... How Babcock, Seward, Marner, bum of the week. All right. Well, before that, before we say that officially, Ryan, hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. All right. So I think we're in agreement. Bum of the week. Mike Babcock sewering Mitch Marner. Yeah, we won't go with Babcock fully because of just there's he, one he was, thing it wasn't all bad. You there's know? one like, thing we didn't discuss though. Do you think Shanahan knew this was going on? Yeah, he had to. He had to yeah. know. Yeah, he had to have known. Yeah. And do you buy into like Marner used this in his contract negotiation and no. was like, no. I if I'm gonna play no. for this guy. No, I don't buy that for a second. I think I had everything to do with Austin Matthews. I don't think I'd buy, I don't think I played in for a second. If if you asked them now, they'd probably say it. Like I'm sure it didn't help, but we all knew that was about the money and Austin Matthews. And I get the same as Austin because I've had more points than Austin. I've been healthier than Austin, so I I, I don't yeah, want to use. Much. I don't I don't think they should. That's too easy. That's too easy. All right, beauty of the week. You beauty want me to go of first? the week? Yeah, you go first. I gotta, I gotta, I got some decisions to make. Well, mine's obvious. Like, he's he's won me over for the season now. After calling that timeout to give the first power play unit a breather to keep them on the ice, Sheldon Keefe is my beauty of the week. Guy is thrown into a toxic situation handles it like a legend instantly gets the players to buy in I'm talking instantly gets the players to buy in I listen I was skeptical too because I've been critical of Kyle Dubas on this show but I'm a believer I'm a believer in Sheldon Keefe so and I bet you this won't be the first time he gets this Sheldon Keefe is my beauty of the week Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with, I don't know if I've named him yet this year, but I'm going to go with the Austin Matthews as my beauty oh. of the week. Oh, because I feel like I've seen him be a lot more free and have played a little bit harder since the firing. That doesn't make it okay to not play hard before the firing, but I just feel like 
I've been hard on this year because I feel like he can give so much more in the D zone and the O zone and four checking wise and puck battles. And now I'm going to leave that in the hands of Sheldon Keefe because maybe I'll give Matthews a little free pass there to be like, okay, you got a new guy. You got your coach that you didn't like out. You got the new guy in. So let's see what you do with the new guy. But I, I'm trying not to be flip floppy. Sometimes I feel like I come on here and I just kind of contradict something I said last episode or last year's season. And one thing I remember saying in the past, I think it was last year is what I've wanted to see out of Austin Matthews out of in his career so far has been a guy who stays healthy and a guy who's going to have more than a point a game per season, a guy who can get you a hundred points, 90 points, 80 points, a guy who you're going to go on your Sportsnet app and see, go click stats and see he's in the top 10 in points. And regardless of his forechecking or his puck battles, one thing I've always wanted to see out of him, he's doing this year. He's getting his points. He's getting his goals. He's looked a lot better in the past two games. So Austin Matthews is my beauty of the week. I want to do two honorable beauty of the week mentions. This is the positive show, Ryan. Tyson Berry, we, he's gotten a couple bum of the week so far, so we got to give him credit. He's got a new lease on life now, and he's looked really good. My second one, Pierre Engvall. Oh, legend. Where the hell has this guy been? Maple Leaf legend. Pierre Engvall. Yeah. Pretty another, pretty big guy. Legend. Pretty big winger. Gets a nice shorty breakaway goal in Arizona. Yeah, well, you also forget that Keith won a championship with a lot of these guys, too, which is a factor that like sometimes I forget. Like he's not he's coming the here longest with longest neck eyes. I've ever seen. <laughs> he's a so beauty of the week honorable mention to the living legend. Good guy, Pierre Engvall. Oh, yeah. Just a goat. Another fourth-line goat. Just right, a, not not Freddy the Goat. An actual uppercase goat fourth-line player. Pierre Engvall. This week, Ryan, the Maple Leafs head to Detroit to take on the Red Wings, which I, is an opponent they were kind of happy they're they're seeing right now. Let's uh, hopefully get another uh, another one in the W column there. And then Friday, Saturday, they have a back-to-back against the Buffalo Sabres. I, I'm reading this correctly. Friday's game in Buffalo is a 4 p.m. start. That's sickening. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Thanksgiving? Uh, Oh, yes, yes, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, that's why. Yes. Oh, Americans it, just it do dawned Thanksgiving. On me. Man, uh, you, the Americans just do Thanksgiving so much better than we do. Oh, yeah. And U.S. Thanksgiving is so much better than Canadian And they send it on the sports, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Send Although, it on the sports. Some of the football games this year are like, leave, leave a little to be desired, because U.S. Thanksgiving is great. It's a great day for NFL football, but like some of the matchups this year, it's like Bears-Lions, two garbage teams. 
Bills and Cowboys. That's that's not bad. Cowboys are the Cowboys, and um, the Bills are Bills are going to be a playoff team. And then oh, yeah. the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. I know the Falcons beat the Saints a couple weeks ago, but the the Falcons are terrible. So the underwhelming worst NFL games. Team to bet on maybe in NFL history. Is the Atlanta Falcons? Oh man, they just know how to just give you the middle finger anytime you bet against them or you bet for them. You you went. I'm pretty with sure I'm over on Atlanta Falcons bets in like the past two years. Well, did you uh, did you bet on my Green Bay Packers last night? No, I actually took Sunday off. I oh. took this Sunday off. Wasn't feeling great about some of the games. I don't know. The, the NFL is kind of weird right now. Like it's. You're kind of just waiting for the playoffs to start. Like well, it's this year is different, and you you like here we go Leaf podcast, and now we're into talking about football because we both love the NFL. But this year is different. Like you can literally draw a line down the center of the league this year as to like who the good teams are and who the crap teams are. Like you know how much I love watching Red Zone. I haven't been watching Red Zone the last couple of weeks because some of these games, it's like I don't care about the dolphins and the Browns. Yeah. That's horrendous. And, and it's like just a quick last little thing. It's like th- this season's been like, usually it's always about the passing pocket passing quarterback. The guy who can just lead you down the field. And like Russell Wilson's done that. But this year has been about the defense 49ers Pats defense. It's a, been about running game. Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. It's just Aaron been like Jones. a totally, yeah, totally different year. Yeah. Hasn't been the most exciting year. I'm going to be honest. Like no. there's, there, there hasn't been very many like this. It's been, it's been pretty underwhelming. Yeah. It's the AFC is just garbage. Oh yeah. And the, the, we, we know who the cream of the crop are in the NFC now. Like the, the top three yeah. teams in the NFC are the Niners, the Seahawks and the Saints. And then yes. the Vikings would be in there if Kirk Cousins wasn't their quarterback. Ah, the Packers still there, bud. I know, I know, they got <sighs> dummied against the 49ers, but yeah, they're gonna get yeah. They're, they'll make the playoffs, and they'll 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 have a heartbreaker. They'll bunch have a heartbreaker, fa- but yeah, bunch of fakers. Yeah. Anyways, this is a hockey podcast, Ryan. Um, so next week, I'm thinking next week they 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 play. Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So we'll probably be back after the Wednesday game against the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, the Avalanche again. Yeah, the Avalanche again. Because like I said, they got the they got the the Wings, Sabres, Sabres, Flyers, Avalanche. Avalanche again. Yeah. I don't no. know how I feel about that. Nazem. Nazem makes his return. Naz makes his return to s- Toronto. Oh yeah. Straight to the Cactus Club. Yep. Oh, yeah. boy, Naz. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Thank you very much for downloading, everybody. We will catch you next week. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.